0: Well, well, uh, that's how it goes. 73 72 Bryant. In a game that had so many twists and turns and just wild happenings. Instant reactions. Yeah, the fight over scores now the entirety of the seven. The so Syracuse won. Maybe it's uh, oh, they, they come back. And despite that adversity, they. Pushing Justin Taylor had a great game. Jesse Edwards played the best he could. His four fouls, all that's fine and dandy. But now attention not only turns to the team losing its second mid-major in three weeks, but we have to address what the heck happened with Julian Lynch. How do you get beat by a team that starts six, seven, and six, eight at the four and five? Miss a couple of free throws, that's the game.
1: And, right, 34 points in the paint. Tough way to go when those points in the paint no matter the
0: So I'm going to shut it down for so now. Stick around, we'll have Jim Behan's post game press conference tomorrow live. All right, stay on the space because I will bring those to you. And uh, if you have a question you'd like me to ask Coach Behan, just reply to the space. You can tweet at me, you can pop in and ask me right now to ask Jim, and I
1: will get over to him,
0: and we will try our best to make some sense corner, of, of this three game. Three so,
1: three uh, three so hopefully Bayon's pressure is happening in about 5 to 10 minutes, box, over and, over, and uh, you guys can stay walking on your head the fence.
0: If you guys but would like to
1: hop in and show your thoughts right now, this is an open phone, feel free to request, I'll come over to you, you guys can agree say what you need to say about this team. That's your drive one of 12 to a point today. So that happened uh, not a whole lot so going on there. Justin
0: Taylor broke out today, out certainly. That's really good shots down the stretch do with that. The recent Syracuse got that. back in this game with Jesse Edwards battling on the board. and actually both of those factors are huge. And without those, it's a good chance Syracuse gets one out of here by 15 or 20. No one near today. I uh, learned through ACC Network, but that was a lower body injury about like a five-minute mark in the second pass. So that was a surprising one, especially uh, after he played so well in Brooklyn. But again, that's kind of how awesome. things go. Fastball, all those games, and spent two in time. You Kino hasn't played a whole lot. Jeez. So Again, 6'8", six, six, guys. Controlling the paint, beating you up inside. Don't really know what to say about that. Again, we're going to have to figure out what Jim Bayheim has to say. We'll talk to him in his post-game presser in about five to ten minutes. So if you do have a question you'd like to ask Coach Bayon or like you to ask Coach Bayheim, just reply to the space below, and uh, we'll, we'll put it out there, I mean, but there's a want that has to be expressed at this point. So stick around for Coach post postgame press. Uh, and again, if you guys would like to air your grievances, just request to speak. I can put a question out there to get things started. and Have this open forum going right now. But I'm headed into the press room for Jim Beheim's All right, settle down inside what is... Visiting football locker room, and uh, we will we'll get this thing hashed out in a second. I mean, Julie was in here. Most of the behind family is in here. Uh, not Buddy, obviously, but I mean, this is a pretty pretty horrific day for Syracuse basketball from start to finish. So keep it locked in for. Jim Boeheim's post-game presser. We will give that to you guys in about five minutes. Jim should be coming in any minute now, and we will have that live. Again, guys, if you'd like to share your thoughts on this game, just request to speak, and I'll, I'll let you guys take the floor. I'm in the press room, waiting for Jim Beheim to come in and share his thoughts on the game. They should be interesting. But, uh, if you guys would like to air your grievances, talk about whether it was Jesse Edwards playing the second half, almost the whole thing with four fouls and doing a pretty good job. George Ward not doing a whole lot. Justin Taylor doing a whole lot. And uh, the way that Bryant just kept moving the ball and getting it through the zone and inside, just feel free to request to speak. And, uh, let me know if you have something to say, even if you just want to tweet uh, below the space, comment. We can discuss that after the post-game pressers. Just give me y'all or. Let me know, and uh, we can, we can air, some, air some things out. Hey, Richard, thanks for uh, popping in a requesting to speak. What's up, man? Sorry, guys, I don't know if I'm doing this right. This is the first time I'm accessing this, but uh, I think Joe Girard needs to take a seat, and uh, Justin Taylor needs to take his uh, starting role because two games in a row like this from a senior is unacceptable. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. I mean, Syracuse couldn't get the ball to JG3 in the second half. Uh, he was face-guarded a lot by different Bryant defenders, just like St. John's did. And St. John's guards are really good defensively. Uh, Posh Alexander and uh, Dylan today were on him like white on rice. But today, Bryant's playing zone. They're playing man. I mean, this Bryant team wants to just run and outscore you. It's not a... Why? It's not Virginia by any means. And he couldn't get a shot off. He missed some ugly ones, especially in the second half, like side a backboard ugly. And he, he passed the ball a lot in the final two minutes. He looked timid. Again, still waiting for Jim Beheim. Thank you guys for sticking around. Um, if you have any thoughts for Boeheim, uh Guseman Dan, thanks for popping in. I'll let you chat. Uh, but if you guys have any questions for Beheim, let me know or reply to below the space, and we'll see if we can get one or two off.
1: Excuse me, Dan, what's up? Yeah, I just wanted to bounce off what Richard said. It just, Joe was no, no speed coming off the screens. I mean, he just looked lazy bringing the ball up, real slow on defense. And, I mean, I just, I'm not 100% sure if Benny Williams is a power five conference player. Uh, not sure why we couldn't see Malik in there. Uh at least try to help us on the boards or, or do something there. Maybe instead of John Bull, even though John Bull did play halfway
0: decent about
1: it. Yeah. The
0: absence of a uh, notable absence of Malik Brown. Also, he uh, was out with a little body injury we knew that already, but not much Malik Brown, uh, a lot of Peter Carey, which honestly was not that effective. Um, Chris Bell had his moments, especially late in the game, but he was mostly a non-factor during the first half. Um, not not a whole lot of Copeland. Uh, Bayheim at halftime. If you guys were listening to former Fizzer uh, Tim Leonard on the on the IMG Learfield broadcast, he talked to Bayheim at halftime, and Bayheim mentioned an illness going through the team. He said that's what Benny had, so maybe that explains the lack of minutes because that that was not the same Benny we saw, uh, you know, sink and elbow jumpers at a. Uh, at the Barclays Center. All right, here comes Coach Behan. We will we will have this live. Jim Behan is at the court. You just gotta be better at that.
1: But we did a great job defensively over those last ten or fifteen minutes to get stops. John Bull did a great job. He's a good passer. He plays in that middle against the Army defense every day. I thought he did a really good job in there. Um, he, he understands the game. He screams. He got people open. Uh, I thought he was really good. You know, Joe's been struggling with him. Uh, you know, no explanation for it. We uh, obviously need him go play better. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, you know, do if you've got to push, you push, you just won't. You can't do that. Um, you have to learn. It's a hard way to learn, but that's the way it is. You, know, you just can't do that, react in that situation. There was a lot of pushing and holding early. Ask him what he said to the other coach. After the series of objections, what conversations were having? Do you want to get Justin and Chris on Well, Justin had already started a little bit. He was, he was having a good day. Um, Chris, when he found it opening in the middle there, they were so worried about Jesse and Joe that the middle was open. Chris got in there and made two or three buckets in there. Uh, but Justin was really good for freshman, that we're, without batting out, Jordan, we're, you know, we're really in a hard situation and they both really played well, really played well. Jim, I just got a couple of things. Is money mm-hmm. healthy? No, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, the other thing was, I was curious about what your thoughts are. What's the issue with Joe, you think, did you just? Do yes. you think he's getting shots that you're getting and Pretty good, Josh. Yeah, I think so. What did the referees tell you after the whole melee with the ejections? And two, two guys wrong, they're out. And what about the coaches and the blind players? It's a lot of coaches and the coaches and the blind players. They were trying to help. Well, so we can just talk to this. It's a rule, which is a bad rule. Oh. They, can't. they keep the Vikings on what they can. So it's a terrible one. It's a rule. Let's just play duels for now. Yeah, I mean, he's our best player. Come on, lose him. He started taking threes. I don't know like what he was doing. I don't know what he was thinking. But he hasn't taken a three in two or three games. But if we had a place that so could penetrate and do something. Good.
0: <laughs> What differences did Taylor give you at the top of zone? Uh, you know, he's okay
1: out there. I mean, I don't think it's a big difference, but he's a very good offensive player. They're so focused on Jesse. They're so focused on Joe that Chris and him are going to get shots. It took us a while to kind of move the ball, get it inside. And when they all came back, Jesse did a good job looking for them. We hit. We missed it for a while in that situation, but those two guys can shoot, and I, I thought Jesse did a good job of getting the ball out to those guys. There 27 minutes today for, for John more minutes, and he he knows can, how to play against that zone, that defense. He gets it in the LA, lane. He's a good passer. He's pretty good on defense. He's a veteran. When Benny couldn't go, I was he would had a good week. Practice, so uh, he was going to play. Yeah, he that big I thought he did good. I mean, his stats don't show probably all that much, but I thought he did a good job. What's Munir's status for Tuesday? Who oh, Munir? What's his status for coming? have no idea. He says it hurts. He says he can play. What do you, what do you think it, it was in a they're grabbing Joe and they're grabbing double and triple Jesse, he's a good shooter. He gets shots. he's a man. You got 14 points from Chris Bell, but just one rebound. How important is it for him? Well, you know, this, uh, you know, I've talked to about this. He's played about 90 minutes in every one week. Nobody like that has ever played here, and nobody like that should play here. And then looking ahead, they you don't know, look like uh, the opponent. Well, oh, they're great. they got a great team. Tough game. How important is it for you know, against the big tech team? important? So you and Coach so also had uh, an exchange after the game that's... Yeah, that's one of the, the they ran off the court that we lost, and we shook sure hands. I mean, that's what you do. Win or lose. That's what you do. What, what was his reaction? What was his reaction? He gave me a sarcastic apology.
0: So that was Jim Beheim's postgame press conference. Um, we did hear the question about what was said with Jared Grosso in the postgame handshake line. Uh, it sounds like Coach Beheim was frustrated about some of the Bryant players leaving the floor, uh, to go celebrate. They didn't shake hands, and uh, Grosso gave him a sarcastic apology. Uh, that is that is that. Uh, Beheim after the question dunked his cup in the trash can, left the podium. So, that's, that's where we are. Um, 73, 72 Bryant wins. Um, about to uh, fire up the space now. So if you guys would like to chime in about the game, i got the box score right here in front of me. If you guys have any takes, any opinions, you heard him say that, you know, Joe's just not making shots. That's pretty obvious. One of 12 from the floor. 1 of 8 from 3. He appreciated John Bull's performance. JVA was 27 minutes, 2 points, 6 rebounds, 4 fouls, 4 assists. He credited John Bull's ability to get in the middle of the zone and keep things going and, and move the ball against the 2-3 the that Bryant was playing because that's his role on the scout team. Uh, not, not a whole lot about the fight All was considered. It was just a quick judah can't do that and i mean other than the fact that the fight happened and it's the thing that's going to be remembered about everything in this game uh not not really a whole lot to dissect it was quick both teams had guys ejected and then the game ended it wasn't wasn't a very complicated uh scenario it happened it's over and I don't think something that Judah will be caught up on. I hope that most Syracuse fans aren't caught up on it as well because it's I mean guys get chippy. You know people say things. You see contact that, is contact. Let's walk past uh, some of the Bryant players. Uh, Earl Timberlake after his 13 points. Antoine Walker after his 18. Uh, Doug Edder did not leave the floor. He is still here with his family. And just chopping it up. So it's just a big big win for Bryant, and I guess we have to talk about the winners first. Let's get it. Bryant as a team led this game by <clears throat> led this game by 13 early on in the second half. The Bulldogs were twenty-four of sixty. From the Shot 45% in the first half, 34% in the second, and then for the game, that's a pretty even 40%. Yeah, so without this Syracuse second half comeback, right, this is a game that is in Bryant's hands from start to finish. And yes, the fight changed things a lot because Mince is out. Who powers this SU offense when shooting this out? Well, we figured it out. At least somehow Justin Taylor stepped up. Chris Bell had a couple of big shots. Jesse Edwards kept pounding when he couldn't get anything going. Just fight, fight, fight on the glass. And there you go. That's how Syracuse kept the offense moving and kept fighting. But Bryant ran multiple defenses. This is a team that is all about tempo. The Bulldogs were the quickest pace in the nation, according to head Ken Palm coming in. And they ran zone. They would press. They'd run some man. As I exit out of the dome here. Played zone. They pressed. They played man. And the Bulldogs did just about everything to keep the ball moving and just keep creating chaos. This team was smart offensively. They didn't take a bunch of wild threes against the zone. They were 7-28. I mean, some of those threes came with little time left on the shot clock, but a lot of them led to tip around, second chance opportunities, 11 offensive rebounds for the Bulldogs, which, I mean, they were, Syracuse did win the rebounding battle, but Bryant's tallest player on the floor at the most time was 6'8". Antoine Walker was not big, compared to Jesse Edwards, at least. And just the effort level was there. So, what do you do if you're Syracuse? It goes back to the old Chris Belden rebound thing. He only had one. Benny Williams, with his illness, no rebounds. Taylor had three. John Bull had six. Link Brown only played four minutes, had two. Peter Carey in nine minutes, two. Like Jared Grosso or not, and I don't think anyone in Syracuse likes him right now, his team played a, a really tough and physical and gritty brand of basketball. As frustrating as it might be to watch Grosso stalk the sideline and draw, draw, draw. Just keep aggravating the Syracuse crowd and the officials. His players pick up tech after tech after foul after foul. That's kind of what won Bryant the game. Because after every little Syracuse run, Grosso would get after his players and they, they'd pick it back up. In the second half, Walker had to leave the floor, Timberlake had to leave the floor. We go back and forth, and then Rose Bullock hit a shot or two. He's the one that made the game winner, that floater. How about Charles Pride? Liverpool, high school, you know, native of Syracuse, plays the full 40 minutes, comes up with 13 points, including a couple of big tip-ins late, and pretty much that's the game. I, don't, I mean, I don't think you can be frustrated about the last shot because Syracuse spent so much of its time coming back in this game that it, it felt like just getting back to, the, to a competitive spot, getting back to where this game was competitive, was a bit of a moral victory. And this is a mid-major team that Syracuse is playing. Guys, if you would like to chime in on this conversation, just request to speak. And uh, we can we can break this down. Um, I mean, right now there's a, I think a lot of worry about whether this team has what it takes to really make a push in ACC play. When you get down by two majors, three weeks. All right, that's enough, enough talk about Brian. We're, we're, we're done with Brian. Moving over to Syracuse. Off the box score. Bill, 28 minutes, 6 of 13. 14 points. Edwards, 30 minutes, fouled out. 12 points, 21 rebounds, including eight offensive rebounds. That's impressive. Yes, yes, he played against small guys, but he just kept on trying. He couldn't hit a field goal to save his life at first, but, man, Edwards just kept pushing, like, He he just kept tapping it up. He'd tap it out. He kept the ball alive for someone else to do something with it. You have to give him kudos. But it is a tough way to to go down when one of your best scorers gets ejected nine minutes in. And let's be honest, the guy that carried your offense in New York City, who pushed you down the stretch, Against Richmond, made those big buckets in overtime to get things started. Who scored when JG3 could not against St. John's. Who drives, creates for others, breaks up the zone. Syracuse struggled with the zone. They had to put John Bolajac in the game because no one could break past the first line of Bryant's zone. I think that says a little something. And with Justin Taylor playing 25 minutes, going six of nine from the field, three of six from three, 10 of 13 from the charity stripe, and scoring 25 points a game high, one has to wonder how valuable is Joe Girard to this team? We had a couple of people pop on earlier and say that they think Joe should not be starting. Do you guys have any opinions? Just request to speak. I'll get you in here, and we can, we can discuss Joe's, I mean, value, all things considered, in this starting lineup. Because right now, yes, he handled the ball, but no one else could handle the ball. But in 36 minutes, he scored five points. He was one for 12. And as I kind of alluded to earlier, Joe did not want the ball in the final minutes of play. That was a big, big crutch for Syracuse. Because you had one guy standing on the perimeter who Bryant didn't have to guard. Joe would bring a ball up the floor, pass it off, and Taylor or Bell, who had to do the most of the work in, in that late game situation. I mean, two freshmen at that, one of which, Jim Bayheim, barely played in Brooklyn, and the other, who can't. Get, grab a rebound without getting a you know scolded for it but Joe Gerard is passing the ball off and if he doesn't want the ball in his hands if he's committed really committed to this new shooting guard bit fine then have someone else run a drag screen for or something but holy cow those last couple last minute or two was really hard to watch because there was no offense being run, and Joe Girard was the guy supposed to be running the offense, and he didn't want the ball. So it was give it off to the freshman, and cross your fingers, and they did a good job. Bell and Taylor did the best they could. Bell, Taylor, and Edwards are the three reasons Syracuse made a comeback. Now, you might be asking, Ian, why did Syracuse lose this game? Well, besides the fight, right, besides JG3's ineffectiveness, how about the just molasses start from the orange? Get down at the first media timeout, and and it just goes from there. Syracuse shoots 9 of 29 from the field in the first half, 3 of 10 from 3. And that's mostly against the zone. Things started to pick up in the second half when the Orange were 15 of 31 from the field. But you need that momentum shot. You need that extra step to come back, overtake the Bryant league. It ended up being foul shots down the stretch. As I mean, the refs got a little whistle happy at the end for both teams. Both some more fouls. A couple of them, I was like, eh. You know, you raise your eyebrows, but. That's kind of how college basketball is these days. Uh, so, you know, foul shots ended up being the deciding factor in this game. And before that, when you need that big shot to get over the hump, who do you turn to? Well, you give it up to your senior leader, Gerard, who clanks a couple. Syracuse goes three of 14 from three in the second half. Last year, Syracuse was predicated on shooting three pointers six of 24 today you need that big shot to get you over the hump they at one point when Bryant was keeping its forwards off the floor to save them for the final couple minutes they went three minutes and 30 seconds without scoring and Syracuse was still constantly down by six eight six five and then a timeout guys go back on the floor and Antoine Walker almost rips the rim off the side of the backboard with a attempted lob. Syracuse can get hot, but they played a, a, a well-schooled team, right? Dislike Brian as much as as much as we all may right now. That was a a team that was well drilled, undersized, but stuck to its principles. Even when you know things got wacky, everybody got emotional. Bryant still moved the ball. They still dumped it inside to the free-throw line, worked it down low, worked the corners, got open looks, right? Things didn't fall apart for Bryant just because, you know, one of their best-leading scorers and the talisman, I'd say, of the team and Dougie Fresh or whatever the heck he's called, things didn't fall apart because Dougie Fresh got booted from the game, Right? Things fell apart for Syracuse because Judah Mintz was not there to handle the ball. The Orange get back, back, back. They go down at halftime, down 11. And then you spend the whole whole second half trying to find an offensive option and trying to fight back instead of competing with a team that is less talented than you, right? Has a couple of implants that works really well, but a team that overall does not compete with you talent wise. So what does that say?
1: Oh, it does
0: a couple things. Right now Joe Gerard has to his game right. risk losing big minutes. I mean I don't think I don't think there's anyone in the three one five that would have kept the floor if Judah and the two freshmen were available to play up top. Out. I mean, what about taking Joe's minutes and giving them off to the here? Does it change anything? I don't know. Probably not. But you need Judah Mints on the floor to break down a tight defense, to handle the ball against a little pressure, and to score when you need buckets the most. All right, I just went on a little tangent, guys. If you want to respond to anything I said – or uh, give your own takes on this game. Just hit that request to speak button, and we'll get you in here. I'm Ian Unsworth. This is the Orange Fizz Twitter space. Uh, Syracuse, a pretty tough 73-72 loss to Bryant. I know football starts in about 30 minutes, so that's probably why people are grabbing dinner right now, you know, settling down to eat, maybe still some Thanksgiving leftovers, and then getting back to it for uh, Dino Babers going in. Inevitable six and six before the pinstripe bowl. Uh, Who knows? I mean, B.C.'s pretty bad. Fingers crossed. Okay. Well, if you guys don't have anything else to say, uh, which is fine because there's been a whole lot said today, uh, just feel free to hop off. I'll wrap this thing up. And uh, this space will be posted on our Twitter page, Orange Fizz. Hopefully, you're already here. You found the right place. On our SoundCloud, which is also Orange Fizz. And actually, scratch that. The SoundCloud is Fizz Radio. Just Fizz Radio back-to-back. We'll have it posted up on the website as well if you want to listen back, listen to what Jim Beheim had to say. And then there will also be an accompanying post-game article coming soon. That will be tweeted out on the Twitter page, and you can find it at the website, theorangefizz.com. So that will wrap things up. I mean, geez, what a game. What a wacky, topsy-turvy game. Syracuse starts slow. Slaps are exchanged in Salt City. I've branded it that way. It'll stay as such. And then after a a massive comeback attempt, the Orange falls short on a Sharif Gross block floater. And Jared Grasso gets out of the dome with a win and uh, tucks his tail between his legs. I don't think you'll ever see Bryant play again. In the 315, if Jim Bayheim has his way. All right. Thank you for listening. Have a good night. Let's hope SU football can brighten our spirits. Go orange.